Buying a house can feel like you're going 200 miles per hour in bumper-to-bumper traffic with a dirty windshield and the sun in your eyes. Ruoff Mortgage has the technology, expert staff, and resources to simplify the process while speeding up the time it takes to get clear to close. So while getting a loan can seem intimidating, Ruoff Mortgage will have you opening the door to your new home fast and stress-free. Visit Ruoff.com to learn more. That's Ruoff.com. Sir, are you aware you were going 40 miles an hour? This is a residential area. Sure, but I'm on my lawnmower. Wait, am I getting a ticket? No, I've just never seen anyone top nine miles an hour on one of those bad boys. And mow their entire lawn in 30 seconds? What got into you? Well, it did fuel up at Sunoco this morning. At Sunoco, we know how to fuel peak performance. We've been doing it for American Racing for over 50 years. Fuel your best. NASCAR season is here, and everyone on the Toyota racing team is doing their part to perform at the highest level. From driver Ty Gibbs to amateur musician Russell Viper, who's working on the perfect pre-race pump-up track for the team. Start those Camrys up! Yeah! To accomplish greater things this year, everyone plays a part. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc. The following is a production of the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. The Motor Racing Network presents NASCAR Live Wide Open. Off the end of the back straightaway. Larson's going to send it. Larson's in the wall. Larson's on Hamlin's back bumper. Logano leads down the back straightaway. Keselowski's in line. Now he turns him. Boot team Penske cars crash. Keselowski is up in a ball of flame. NASCAR Live Wide Open is brought to you by Toyota. For the latest Toyota racing information, visit toyotaracing.com. Now. Here's your host, Mike Bagley. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another installment of NASCAR Live Wide Open. Mike Bagley, producer Trey, everybody here at the Motor Racing Network, hunker down for this latest installment, which will feature a lot of chat about Talladega this weekend. We have... Bristol dirt in the rearview mirror, that generated a lot of conversation, generated a lot of interest. Well, we're off to Talladega for the first time this year, and no doubt that will get a lot of attention and a lot of chatter, a lot of conversation as well. Talladega Super Speedway is my favorite racetrack. I grew up in Delaware. We're going to Dover next week. We'll talk about Dover on next week's installment, but there is just something at Talladega that has always appealed to me. Watching watching humans do superhuman things inches apart at speeds of up to close to 200 miles an hour and the memories that it has created over the years. Now, there is an off-track element to this. If you're going to Talladega, you'll find out what we're, what we're speaking of. Um, it should be sold out in the infield. The spaces that were available at the beginning of the week, we don't expect them to be available at the end of the week, literally like single-digit spots available in the infield, and fans are going to be there and wholesale fashion in the grandstands. You've got the infield activities, which always get a lot of attention, but there's also a lot of activity across the street at Talladega Short Track. It's just something about Talladega. Calling a race there, hair on the back of your neck stands up, and it's just an always, always an exciting 
track. Now, that's from a broadcaster perspective. There are a lot of perspectives at Talladega. You've got the driver, you've got the crew chief, you got the pit crew. But there's also an important element at Talladega that gets largely overlooked, but probably one of the most important elements of a race, and that is the element that involves the spotter. These are men and women that stand high above the tower. They can see the entire track. They're in their binoculars, and they're basically trying to keep their driver out of harm's way. And they're also trying to keep their driver in a position that they can win the race, whether it's letting that driver know of a run coming on the outside or the inside. There's a lot of information that plays out. And by the way, you can hear these conversations. Uh, If you have a scanner and a headset, you can tap into your favorite driver or any driver. You can tap into the radio call. Racingelectronics.com is your destination to either rent one at an upcoming race or maybe purchase one if somebody's got a birthday coming up, a holiday, maybe even a Christmas present. That's your place to go to get these pieces of equipment that you can hear the soundtrack that's playing out while the race plays out as well. A lot of you may not hear this, but these conversations we're speaking of largely involve spotter and driver. And one of the more talented spotters is joining us now on the Zoom hotline. We're speaking of Coleman Presley, who is the spotter for Joey Logano, who drives the number 22 Shell Pennzoil Ford Mustang over at Team Penske. He will be one of many sets of eyes above us all at Talladega over the weekend. And let's go to the hotline right now. Coleman, welcome into NASCAR Live Wide Open. How are you? Hey, we're doing good here, enjoying the mountain weather here in Asheville and then away from all the rain this weekend in Bristol. Yeah, I was going to say, y'all had your hands full there at Bristol. No question about that. Good job. Joey finished third. What What's it like spotting a dirt race at Bristol? How different is that from what you normally do at Bristol? Um, You know, not as different as you might think. It, it Maybe it is for other spotters that know dirt. I didn't grow up on dirt, so I don't know what to look for, but... My job was try to keep people behind us and try to keep Joey moving forward. So my job pretty much stayed the same this week. I didn't know what to look for or or what to expect. I just spotted my little tail off. Well, we got lots to talk with you about. Congratulations on surviving Bristol and all that went along with that. Uh, We'll talk about survival and racing at Talladega coming up because the role of the spotter at Talladega obviously is very critical. Where I want to start with you is a lot of fans may not realize that your father's Robert Presley, longtime NASCAR driver. What was it like growing up the son of what many considered to be a racing legend? Yeah, you know, it's pretty cool. Just uh, I grew up at a racetrack. Like the racetrack was normal to me. The motorhome lot was normal. That was my neighborhood. That was my normal weekend. So once my dad retired, like it got unnormal. I didn't know what to do with myself until, you know, I started racing. Um, but it, it gave me the opportunity to learn the sport from, you know, aside someone that was successful in it and made a living out of it and you know also someone that had to work for it. you know his generation like there wasn't the type of drivers they are now like they're at the shop it wasn't uncommon to see them turning wrenches sometimes so uh it's uh it's been a uh it's been a full circle journey for me and i'm glad my dad put me through it in the in the early years you've raced um arca menard series east races you've run xfinity series racing as a driver did your father influence that any at all? Uh, I wouldn't say he influenced it, but, you know, he gave me opportunities uh, to, to make the most of it. Um, by no means did he push and say, hey, I race, my dad race, you have to race. But uh, like I said earlier, you know, uh, I grew up in the motorhome lot and that's all I ever knew. So I wanted to give it a shot. And, and as I give it a shot as a six-year-old, you know, I continued the progress and, and you know, made it up to what 
was now the Xfinity series and, and it's a sport I love and it's something that I'm, I'm glad to still be a part of even even though I'm not a driver. When did you start paying attention or being mindful of things your dad said, things your dad did on and off the racetrack and then the light went off and said, you know what, I think I want to do this driving thing. Uh, you know, like I think the driving thing come as a very young kid, like maybe seven, eight, nine years old. I, I would say the, the, the studious part of me I don't know if I truly took advantage of that the way I should have. Um, I, I'd say, you know, once I started late model racing when I was 16, 17 years old, I, my, my studious side kind of come out and started asking them questions. And, you know, looking back at it now, like it's something I wish I'd have done sooner in life. Uh, I mean, 16's young, but like in racing years, like you're right there on the cusp of making it big. So uh, uh, I probably didn't take advantage of, of all that was offered to me, but uh, at the same point, my dad also instilled lessons in me on like how to work on my car and how to deal with you know sponsors and media and people like that. And, and like, luckily, I can still use that today, even in my role that I'm in now. So you transitioned from driving to spotting. At what point is, did you realize that, you know what, maybe I need to go on top of the spotters tower and and take over that next role in the sport there? How did that all come to be? Yeah, um, so it's kind of funny. I, I always thought the spotter role was cool, even when my dad was cup racing, and I kind of, you know, always lent myself to, to trying to be near the spotter because I thought he was a cool guy to be around. Um, it, but honestly, like, I never wanted to do the spotting role after driving. After driving, I actually started crew chief in a car in, in what's now the ARCA series, and I crew chief for two or three years, and and was actually almost a underneath mechanic for a cup team the same year I got a call to spot for AJ Allmendinger. So uh, <laughs> luckily for me, it turned out the way it did. Um, but you know, once I once I got the call to spot a cup car, it was for AJ Allmendinger and Tad Geschechter called me and my first cup race was a Daytona 500 and I haven't really looked back now. I get this question from a lot of fans about, well, I wanna do this, how do I go about doing it? We get that from the broadcasting perspective. But what about the spotter perspective? How do you, how does one learn how to spot for a driver? And are there different ways to spot for different drivers depending on that driver? Uh, yeah, to the second part of the question, 100%. Every driver likes different stuff, you know. Uh, luckily, like my last two drivers, Brad Keselowski and Joey, like they like a lot of information. I like to talk a lot and give the information. So uh, that transition was seamless. Um, but yeah, I know other drivers that, you know, can't handle all the information that some of these guys get and quite frankly don't want to listen to it um but as far as getting into it uh, i mean one you got to understand sport understand what's going on and to do that like i always tell people you got to start your local short track level you got to go there and and you know get your hands dirty and and you know ask for a radio and ask if you can spot for a guy in a mini stock race and and go to the late model race and then hopefully you know he goes to the arca series and and if you can you know tag along to that and just gain experience and you never know uh, who's going to be on the other side of that radio, you know, later down the road that, you know, will be a reference for you later in life. You have a unique jargon that spotters use. Is that universal? Is it unique to the spotter or the driver? Where does the jargon that you use come from? Uh, you know, I think there is some like basic saying, you know, the inside outside clear, the car links, like all that's pretty standard. Um, the rest of it just comes from like how your drivers like to hear it, when they want to hear it. Like 
some driver's car half car length might be different than another. Like there's some people that isn't afraid to, you know, chop a nose and, and you start realizing that as you spot for certain drivers and how aggressive they are and, and how much you need to whip it versus, you know, pull the reins back. So, uh, uh, it's all driver related, but for sure the basics are the basic wordings same for everyone. It's just how you use them. How will life be different spotting at Talladega than perhaps maybe some of the other tracks that you spot and, and how much more intense? Cause we've heard, you know, we, we've heard the, the in-car communication at Talladega. It can be, it can be a handful at times. How do you go about managing that? Yeah, you really stop looking at so much the inside outside stuff as much as where the run's developing. You're looking four or five rows behind you even sometimes, um, trying to see you know who's leading a lane, is their car fast, um, who's pushing that lane, are they been a good pusher today? Have they been someone that you don't want to pull up in front of because you're you know risking getting hooked because they you know not been able to square up to someone and push them the right way or they're pushing in the wrong places. So you're you're really managing relationships. You're managing um what the driver's decision is um where most racetracks we go to you're just ultimately trying not to get them wrecked which we're doing that at talladega too but our goal is to at least be it towards the front we speak of you being joey's spotter joey has spoken to me about how you and he have been friends for a long time and you wanted to work together but you didn't want that work relationship to maybe tarnish the friendship how long have you been friends what is the nature of your friendship and what led you ultimately to this to this relationship you and he have now? Well, he and I started racing together as seven-year-olds in Bandoleros at Charlotte Speedway. So we've been, we've known each other for a long time. I'd say our, our relationship really grew stronger once we turned about 17, 18 years old. Um, when Joey started cup racing, he bought a house and, and I was his roommate. So uh, that kind of started a brotherhood. And really since then, you know, him and I talk pretty much daily um, and it's, it's a really personal relationship. Um, you know, we, we talk about our families and our and our fatherhood and how we can be better fathers every bit as much as we do about racing. Um, but yeah, to answer your question about the uh, the spotting thing, neither one of us felt comfortable, you know, putting our our brotherhood on the line uh, to get ruined over a call that I might have not made or he didn't listen to. Um, but you know, last year, last August, uh, everything kind of presented itself with Brad leaving Penske and, and, and we felt confident that he was confident enough in himself as a driver. And I was confident in myself as a spotter that we both know that we're professionals and really good at what we do. And we decided to give it a shot and, you know, six months later, it's been a really good journey and, and it makes you wish that you would have done it sooner and, and had some of that success together sooner. Is the chemistry different? Because being, I mean, you always have your driver's back, whoever they are. But if you're friends, is it is it different? And especially like for him, he knows he's got an ally up there with you, a very close friend and vice versa. How is it different spotting for what is a very, very close friend? You know, the actual spotting stuff, I don't think it's changed too much. Like I, I try to say, you know, I'm a fairly aggressive spotter. Like I'm not afraid to, to clear him in a tight hole and, um, but the biggest thing is the terminology. Like I can give him a, yeah, and he knows what that means. And, you know, I can't say any of my other drivers that I've ever spotted for would, would know what that means. And, um, so I, and maybe on top of that, me and him are like, even though we're best friends, like we're pretty stout competitors, whether we're racing four wheelers on the off season or, or playing video games, like I know what can, you know, make him find that next level a little bit more than most. So, uh. 
that's uh it's it's a cool aspect to have and it and it's fun especially when you have success you know uh we've only won the the clash together so far but it's going to be really fun whenever we finally do break through and, and get a lot of wins he has a very aggressive reputation on tracks like talladega when it comes to blocking do you accommodate your style for his style of driving knowing that he will not hesitate to throw a block on a track like Daytona or Talladega. Yeah, I mean, it, you got to do what you got to do to stay up towards the front. And, and I won't call it blocking. I'll call it managing. And sometimes the managing doesn't always work out. So uh, like like I said earlier, you'd much rather have a driver that's going to go for it and, instead of one that's, you know, going to backing into an occasional win. So uh, we'll, we'll take the aggressive Joey any day of the week. For those of us that have tuned in to FS1's coverage, Fox's coverage of the Xfinity Series, we've seen you on camera. You've been doing work from the spotter stand. How did the broadcasting side of this come into play? And is that something that you aspire to do some broadcasting at some point? I wouldn't say I ever aspired to do it before. Um, it all kind of took place uh, at Daytona, the, the weeks leading up to the Daytona race. Um, some ideas got kicked around. And uh, Joey was supposed to be the driver analyst in the race. And he's like, well, I wanna, wanna bring my spotter on here. And, uh, you know, we can kind of kick back and forth and say, this is what our relationship is in a, in a race. And this is how we manage each other in a race. Um, and then it kind of happened where something got tied up and Joey couldn't be the analyst no more. And they said, hey, you're Coleman, we still wanna try this. And, and it must've worked out pretty good because they asked me to come back for four more. And uh, it's been pretty cool to kind of share that experience through road courses and, and how you, you know, deliver to other spotters and short tracks. Like I love short track racing. That's my background. Just talk about that. And, and it's really made me aspire to think that, you know, maybe post spotter life, there is something more out there. Um, I don't think that's anywhere in the near future. I still got a lot I want to accomplish, but uh, it's been a lot of fun and it's been a challenge and I always like a challenge. Well, it's a different way of life isn't it? When you got that headset on, you got voices talking to you in there and, and then you have to be on camera. It's just, it's different. There's a rush attached to it, but it's very fun when you do it. Is it not? Yeah, it's fulfilling. And, and, you know, like I wouldn't say by no means am I perfect at spotting, but I, I, I get what the spotter does and like, we all make mistakes, but it's little mistakes. And like when I started doing that big TV stuff, like I was making big mistakes. And it's kind of cool to see over the four weeks and, and how much more comfortable you get and and how, you know, really clean up a lot of the little things. And and like I said earlier, a challenge is fun to me and, and I always enjoy trying to better myself. Before we let you go, I uh, want you to connect some dots for us. Your backyard, a picnic table, Joey and a lake holy cow by the way the nascar live wide open i team has been hard at work and we uncovered a little nugget earlier today all right so picnic okay i know exactly where this is going <laughs> so it's my side yard it's a big hill and i don't know when joey got married he come up here because he got married at the biltmore estate and i guess that was our last little hoorah before he tied the knot to Brittany and there's a picnic table laying up in the field I guess that my dad left up there from one of the cookouts in, in previous years and me and Joey both looked at each other and said we should ride this thing down the hill and like it is uh winter time so like leaves were still on the ground it was slick and I'm not lying to you we probably rode this thing down a hundred yards and was bouncing and like probably come within six foot of going into a creek that runs right by my house and and that picnic table still laying there today 
That's one of the things he wanted me to ask you. Just ask him if it's still there. It's like it's still there. Uh, it's still upside down from where we wrote it. So. <laughs> oh man. Well, it look. It seems like you guys have a great relationship away from the track. You obviously have a good relationship on the track. Appreciate you making time for us. All the best in your broadcasting career. If there's anything we can do to help, hit us up. But uh, we cannot offer any assistance in winning races. That's in your hands and Joey's hands. And we wish you the best in trying to win the Geico 500 coming up Sunday at Talladega. I appreciate it. I got my computer going right here beside me, reviewing some stuff from Daytona. And and hopefully we can win there. And then, you know, once I accomplish everything, then I'll give you a call and, and pick your brain about the broadcasting stuff. Thank you, Coleman. Always appreciate the perspective from from high above the racetrack. And again, Coleman will be one of many up there that will be monitoring things during the Geico 500 race weekend. This NASCAR season, every member of the Toyota racing team is doing their part to take the trophy home. Like sixth grader Melissa Kowalski, who changes true to true X on every true false quiz she takes. All my teachers are Martin Truex Jr. fans now. Keep up the great work, Melissa. To accomplish greater things this year, everyone plays a part. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc. Another driver that's going to be on the track this weekend is a driver that's in his rookie season in the NASCAR Cup Series. We're speaking of Harrison Burton, who drives for the Wood Brothers, Harrison, welcome to NASCAR Live Wide Open. How we doing? I'm doing great. It's uh, it's good to hear you, see you, and uh, gosh, I'm excited to get at Talladega this weekend. It's it's going to be a wild one, that's for sure. What excites you about racing at Talladega? I think the coolest thing about it is you know you're going to be uncomfortable. Does that make sense? Like you know, everyone in the field is going to have a moment in the race where they're nervous, uh, in a bad spot. Uh, something, you know, is, is always about to happen. And if you're one mistake away from, from ruining your day and a lot of other people's day too. So, um, that risk factor is fun as a race car driver. Um, it's what you kind of live for. So I, I enjoy that about it. I enjoy that, you know, if you execute your day, well, you're going to have a shot to win. And, uh, that's, that's really all you can ask for as a driver. It's, it's fun stuff for sure. It's funny to hear you say that. I mean, you guys embrace challenges. You guys embrace the opportunity to take yourself out of the comfort zone and then do something good. And you look back, look at where we started and look at how it is now. And do you ever get used to that? And, 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 and does it change? Do the, do these, do those moments out of the comfort zone change at all? Um, I don't know if you ever get used to it. I think you just get more comfortable being uncomfortable. You know, every weekend recently, it's been, I don't know how to drive this car here. Are we going to be shifting? Is it going to you know, be this or that? Uh, with the new car, you're uncomfortable all the time. I have yet to show up to the racetrack and be like, oh, I've got this. I know exactly what I have to do. I know exactly what I need the car to do in practice versus the race. Um, and then the cars themselves are so hard to drive that you're kind of like white knuckled the whole race, which is is kind of exciting. Uh, it's challenging for sure, um, but you can drive these new cars so hard. So, um, you know, you you don't ever get used to it. I don't think. I just think you get more comfortable being kind of in the fire and, and trying to work with that situation. Let's talk about your transition to the Cup Series. Got almost ten races under your belt, and you've had some challenges this year. You've had some things happen to you. You've had some things that you've been involved in. What is it like transitioning from an intense NASCAR Xfinity series to now an intense NASCAR cup series? 
How is the intensity different? It's very different. Um, you know, I think when you're racing in Xfinity, the top 15 uh, is really strong guys, really great race teams. Um, you know, people that, that are really fast and hard to beat, no doubt. Um, and I'm not taking anything away from the Xfinity series when I say this. this you know, that, that's one of my favorite racing series I've ever raced in. It was a lot of fun. But when you go from Xfinity to Cup, the level of competition is not only higher, but it's higher farther back. So top guys in Cup are unbelievable. You know, you've got, you know, some of the most talented race car drivers ever, in, you know, in our series right now. And, and you have to go against those guys. Uh, but not only that, but when you're having a bad day, normally you can look right in front of you and see, oh, holy cow, you know, that's, that's Denny Hamlin or, or someone like that that's right there with you. And, and guys that you think are, oh my gosh, if they race Xfinity, they're going to have a chance to win. They're going to be up front no matter what. You know, they can have off days in Cup too. And, and that's, that's what really kind of opened my eyes was Martinsville had a, a pretty rough race running 25th. You look right in front of you or behind you, and there's the 11, Denny Hamlin, who's at Martinsville, you know, a guy that you think is going to do great at Martinsville. So, um, you know, just kind of understanding that it's a challenge and trying to build on, on yourself every weekend is really important. Um, and it's a marathon, not a race in this series. You know, you've got, or a sprint, I should say, you've got, you know, a lot of weekends in a row to try and get better. So trying to take one step at a time and, and understand that you have to look at yourself in the mirror and it's going to be challenging, um, but, but have to get better every time. Who is there to help you with this? I know that the driver is responsible for a lot, but the driver can't do everything. Is there someone that you rely on to help you through this stuff? For sure. You know, I've got an awesome support system. Uh, my parents have obviously kind of been there, done that. They've seen it all. Uh, my dad raced for 20 plus years in the Cup Series and and has had great seasons where he won six races or five races and 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 then he's had seasons where he didn't win anything. Um, and so he's been on both ends of that spectrum and and understands what it's like to be a driver in those situations. Um, my mom helped him through that, so she's got that experience. My sister lived through it just like I did when I was a kid, so she's great to talk to. And, and I've got a, an awesome girlfriend too that. Um, didn't really know much about racing until we started dating about, you know, four and a half years ago, almost five years. And, uh, you know, just trying to, trying to have someone, sometimes it's nice to have someone that doesn't really, you know, is new to it to talk to and explain to is, is a big thing. So, um, just those, those people are the main ones. And, and I've obviously got my friends as well that I rely a lot on. And, um, you know, I've, I've got a great system around me, which is really important, I think. Speaking of your dad, obviously very successful in the race car, successful in the broadcast booth with NBC. Has there been advice that he's given you that maybe when he gave it to you, you're like, mm, I don't know about that. But now that you're living this in the Cup Series, you're like, aha, now I know what dad was talking about. Yeah, I think I think he told me all the time how hard it was going to be, uh, especially you know right after my deal was done with to race for the Wood Brothers. He was really like, okay, you have to understand that this is going to be stepping into the fire. I mean, these guys are the best in the world at what they do, and you're going to have to go try and beat them. And it's a cutthroat business. Uh, you're fighting for every inch out there, and, and you're doing it against the best. So it's going to be hard. And embracing that challenge uh, was, you know, at first it was, you know, I'm like, oh, you know, uh, racing's always been hard. How how different can it be? You know, you always race fast people. You always race, you know, great teams. And from you know, 
late models on, it's been like that. And so I'm like, oh yeah, I definitely think it'll be hard. But now after doing it for a few weekends, you're like, oh my gosh, you know, this is a, a really challenging series um, and it should be, and that's what makes it special. So embracing that and trying to establish yourself in that is is challenging, but pretty rewarding as well. One of the unique things that is applicable to you is you come from a series where you as a driver competed against a crew chief in Brian Wilson. And now the two of you have gone to the cup series together. So you're no longer, you know, on opposite sides, you're on the same side. What does Brian bring to the mix and how is he helping things along? How have you, how are the two of you working together? What's the chemistry like there? That's awesome. You know, I always knew Brian uh, had fast race cars, uh, had to race them all the time. Uh, Austin was always fast when, when Brian and him were together and, uh, gosh, I got beat by them and, and beat them, you know, a few times and, and kind of went back and forth and it was fun to race against him because you knew he was going to be on his game. Uh, and now racing with him, it's clear why he was on his game. I think he's such a detail oriented guy. Every weekend, it's the same schedule, the same preparation at the same time. And this is what we're doing. And, and he's kind of steering the ship on that. As a young guy, I don't really think I would have known how to kind of bring the team together the way he did. Uh, so learning a lot from him about that. Obviously, he puts the work in to make the car as fast as he can. Um, you know, he's a, he's a champion in the Xfinity Series and, and did a great job in that. And, and now he's, you know, earned his shot in Cup. There's no doubt about it. So... Uh, it's exciting to, to work with him in both of our first years where we're both learning um, and it, it makes us both hungry. And, and that's what's cool is, you know, Brian, I can never get him to blame me. I, you know, even at the dirt race this weekend, like I told him, like, man, I've never done this before. I have no idea what I'm doing. I'm trying to figure it out on the fly in the cup series. Right. It's tough. Like, I'm not going to be as good as your car, probably. And he's the complete opposite. He said, no, the car, I've never, you know, crew chief to dirt race before. I've, I got to be better with the car. And, and so I always, like, try to get him to give me some feedback. And I always have to go to other people that, that will tell me, hey, this is what you need to do as a driver. Because he's so hyper-focused on making the cars better. Uh, so I know that he believes in me, and he knows that I believe in him. And, and that's all you can ask, I think, out of, out of your team. Before we let you go, I saw where, when you were in Martinsville, you swung by Stewart, Virginia, which is home of the Wood Brothers. You drive for a legendary team, but you have a legendary number that is on the side of your car. Do numbers mean a lot to you? And do you realize how big the number 21 is to a lot of race fans out there? Yeah, definitely. Uh, you know, I think all of our hats have 21 on it right because it's it's iconic and, and all of our you know a lot of the merchandise they sell just has the 21 on it and that's all you need to know you know that's the wood brothers um you know my family uh we always my dad was number 12 in late models and early in his bush career uh which is xfinity now i should say but it was back then is what he always calls it so i get caught saying that but uh you know and 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 uh he, he, you know, I always was 12 because of that, because I saw the old pictures of my dad with my mom in the number 12 car. And I kind of gravitated towards that when I was young. I wanted to be number 12. Um, and and then obviously the Wood Brothers, you can go back as far as you can imagine and see the 21 on, on the door of their race car. And so, uh, gosh, it's so cool to, to drive for, for them and, and uh, represent 
the people that have come before us. You know, I got to drive David Pearson's car when I was at the Wood Brothers shop and make a couple laps in the parking lot. Just, yeah, you know, you can't put a price on those memories and, and to get to represent that group and, and uh, try to do it to the best of your ability and, and pay respect to the people that were so great before you uh, is, is a big deal for me and it's, it's motivating for me for sure. That's Harrison Burton. We'll see if he can get his season righted this weekend at Talladega Super Speedway. NASCAR Coast to Coast is a show dedicated to spotlighting the short track community across the country. Offering a new show every Thursday on the Motor Racing Network's YouTube channel, this show has it covered. Hosted by Chris Wilner and myself, Kyle Rickey, NASCAR Coast to Coast offers insightful interviews and fun deep dives into the what, when, why, and hows of grassroots racing in America. This show serves the heart of racing from coast to coast. Time now for the odds perspective here on NASCAR Live Wide Open. and They are brought to you by BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. Please bet responsibly. Producer Trey, what are the odds telling us this weekend? Well, Mike, when we go to Talladega, things are wide open. And for the first time this season in our look at the odds, we have four-way favorites this weekend. There are four drivers tied for the favorite at plus 1,100 or 11 to 1. It is Ryan Blaney. Joey Logano and Denny Hamlin, probably who you would consider the three best speedway racers in the sport right now. And the fourth one is the driver who won the last time we went to Talladega. Bubba Wallace is listed as one of the co-favorites this weekend at plus 1100. I don't think you could go wrong with picking any of those guys to win. But my pick this weekend is going to be Joey Logano. I think he's going to reassert himself as far as dominance goes on super speedway style tracks. And it is hard to believe, and it's kind of been missed because he won at the clash at the Coliseum earlier this year, but it has been a full season, a full 36 races since Joey Logano won a points paying race. And you just don't see Joey Logano go the, go through these kind of droughts. His last win was at Bristol dirt. Last year, in 2021, I think Logano is hungry for a win, and I think that he gets it this Sunday at Talladega. The long shots are always enticing at Talladega, and I've got two that I'm going to keep my eye on this weekend. One is not as big of a long shot. That's Kurt Busch. He's plus 2,200, and Kurt has been a very good super speedway racer across the course of his career, won a Daytona 500, but he's never won at Talladega. That's one of the last few remaining bucket list items on Kurt's uh, career right there, so I'm going to go with Kurt Busch at plus 2,200 for one of my long shots to watch this weekend, and the other one, is a guy who was great at Talladega in the Xfinity Series. College Racing's Justin Haley, plus 6,600. Those are always uh, some tasty odds to look at. 66-1 to 1 for Justin Haley. I'm going Logano for my pick. Kurt Busch, Justin Haley, my long shots to watch this weekend in the Geico 500. I'm loving all that. I'm especially loving the Ryan Blaney piece, who's won two of the last five at Talladega, three of the last ten super speedway races. And he could have won more had circumstances not dictated otherwise. I like the Logano pick, but to me, Ryan Blaney, don't sleep on Ryan Blaney this weekend. What do you think? Yeah, those are definitely definitely the ones to watch. I mean, maybe we see uh, a replay of the Daytona 500 instead of it being the 2 and the 12. It's the 22 and the 12 battling for the win headed to the checkered flag. Perhaps that will be the case. Appreciate you, producer Trey. 
giving you uh, the odds for this weekend's Geico 500. NASCAR Live Race Day on the air at 2 p.m. Eastern time. Of course, don't forget NASCAR Live Tuesday, 7 p.m. Eastern. And then another installment of NASCAR Live Wide Open drops here next Thursday in preparation of us making our only trip and our final trip as the Motor Racing Network to the Dover Motor Speedway next weekend. For producer Trey and the rest of everyone here at MRN, the entire crew, I'm Mike Bagley. Thank you so much for checking us out. Be sure to check us out this weekend at Talladega. Until then, so long, everybody. NASCAR Live Wide Open is brought to you by Toyota. For the latest Toyota racing information, visit toyotaracing.com. Ruoff Mortgage wants to welcome you home with their fast and stress-free mortgage process. Ruoff knows that when you're ready to move, you want to keep things moving. From the moment you start, Ruoff makes sure the process moves quickly, often twice as fast as other lenders, so you can close quickly and settle in sooner. Visit Ruoff.com to learn how you can qualify for the fastest loan of your life. That's Ruoff, R-U-O-F-F dot com. NASCAR Coast to Coast is a show dedicated to spotlighting the short track community across the country. Offering a new show every Thursday on the Motor Racing Network's YouTube channel, this show has it covered. Hosted by Chris Wilner and myself, Kyle Rickey, NASCAR Coast to Coast offers insightful interviews and fun deep dives into the what, when, why, and hows of grassroots racing in America. This show serves the heart of racing from coast to coast. Do you have an unused car, truck, motorcycle, boat, or RV taking up space? Put it to good use by donating it to the NASCAR Foundation. Proceeds help fund medical resources for children in our racing community. Your wheels can heal. Call 844-NASCAR-9 and we'll come tow away your vehicle for free. The process is quick and your gift is tax deductible. Call 844-NASCAR-9 to donate your vehicle to the NASCAR Foundation today. Your donation will help our children survive and thrive. 